creativity and about solving problems in a way that we cannot possibly solve using analytics alone. But public relations helps drive that buy, drive that sale. I mean, I'm a high school dropout. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, I will. I'll scale it. What I did was I put both my careers together and now I'm helping people in probably the most meaningful way I can possibly do that. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. Have you ever wondered what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Have you ever wondered about protecting your ideas? Do you need intellectual property? Well, we'll be answering these questions tonight by talking with cutting edge entrepreneurs. We have two presenters tonight, and although their companies are very different from each other, they both, I think, have very heartfelt projects. Before we get to our guests and our presenters, let's talk about intellectual property. Well, so I like to do kind of some funny things I find on the web. So I found this on the Giant People website. We call this segment Copyright Conundrum. So this is about copyright. So this man who runs this website found a very interesting copyright. Let's first of all, remind our audience about what a copyright notice is. Please. You'll notice with a book or a movie at either the beginning of the book or the end of the movie, there'll be a copyright notice. And it's a little C in a circle usually, or the word copyright with the name of the copyright owner and, and the, the year, year that the work was created. So these are all over the place, right? And so this notice is not necessarily legally required, but people put it on their stuff anyway, just to show that they're going to be tough about protecting it. So Elizabeth found one of the most unusual copyright notices that we've ever heard about. But I feel like this copyright notice really sums up the whole idea of intellectual property. So I am going to read this. It's mine. I tell you, mine. All mine. You can't have it because it's mine. You can read it, please. You can quote it thanks, but I still own it because it's mine. I own it and you don't. Nana, nana, nana. So there. <laughs> Copyright 2001, 2003, 2000, question, question mark by Jeff Jarvis. So, <laughs> so if you really want to go to town on your copyright notice, you can do that. No, There's you nothing. can't do exactly <laughs> well, that do because his. he has the copyright has the on copyright, that. Right, of course. So, but if you really want to go to town on a copyright notice, that's what you can do. And, right. and we're going to talk more about copyrights now because we found an article about China's actually improving its copyright protections for people. So hard to believe, but China is trying to make steps to enter the Western world of intellectual property. And what's so fascinating about China is that they've had copyright laws on the books for a long, long time, but they lacked teeth. It used to be the maximum fine that you could get for a copyright violation in China was about $50,000. Well, they've changed the law now. And so you can really go for the jugular in China. Uh, you can get up to five times the revenue of the company that is doing the copyright violation. So it's really changed from practically nothing to something that can really make a difference and serve as an actual deterrent. How this law is enforced in the Chinese administrative system, they don't really have courts, but how that actually works out remains to be seen. But at least the law is on the books now and you can argue for stronger copyright protection. And so. you can get up to $276,000. And I did want to ask you about copyrights here. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't help people with copyrights, but people register their copyrights in the U.S. and that's certainly the best protection in the U.S., but do they need to do anything in China? Because here, let's make sure we have this right. The minute you create something, music, sound, write something down, you have a copyright, right? Right. So under the Copyright Convention of 1982, once you create something, it automatically receives a copyright. And in the United States, you can register the copyright. That gives you a lot of extra legal protections that you wouldn't have if you don't register it. So we always recommend registering important copyrights. But that said, you still have copyrights in anything you create automatically. Around the world? Around the world. The U.S. is the only country that has a registration system. Everybody else just sort of relies on, you know, you get it when you create it type of method. And it's good to know that you have copyrights outside the U.S. and you really don't have to do anything except enforce them if you're up against the copyright infringer. 
Excellent. Good so, stuff. Everything you ever wanted to know about copyrights, but were afraid to ask. So I am just dying to get to our guest today. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. And I love his topic. And we'll be right back after this message. You know, you can make yourself more creative and coming up near is going to tell us just how you can do that. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. What are entrepreneurs most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Do you know how to change your brain to be more creative? Our next guest will help answer that question. Nir is a world-renowned creativity expert, and he has taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the globe how to harness their power of creativity for their business. His work on creativity has won a Clio Award, and he was nominated for an Emmy, and he is the author of a new book, the Creator Mindset. Welcome, Nir Bashan, to our program. It's a pleasure to have you. Tell us, how can we improve our creativity? Well, there's a lot of ways. It turns out that creativity is one of those things where we're all born with it, right? And we just have to learn how to reaccess it. It turns out that 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, our ancestors were creative, and that's how they made it through, you know, the long and cold winter. I talk about in my book uh, about the world's first creative person named Harriet. And she was able to take a stick and that was nothing but a walking stick and, and a berry picker that was nothing but, you know, something to, to get berries off a tree or a, a bush. And she put the two things together and was able to, you know, survive the long and cold and lonely night. And, you know, she immediately ran and shared it with her village. And it has become something that's deeply within our DNA now. We're all creative, but we choose to be analytical instead. We choose numbers and spreadsheets and logic and those types of things. And we've lost touch with our creative side. So it turns out that you can learn it. It's just really all about relearning it. That's great. So you've worked with some luminaries, Woody Harrelson and Rod Stewart. Aren't these already creative people? I mean, I would think that just by virtue of where they're at, they're creative off the charts. So how do these people enhance their creativity and what are they trying to create? You know, what's shocking is that these famous people, and, and I've worked with a bunch of musicians and even more actors and actresses. The thing that's shocking to most people is that they are no different than you or I. No different. There is nothing different between this famous singer and you or me or someone else. They just have a prescriptive ability to maintain creativity and call upon it whenever they want. So it really is a system that you need to relearn how to use and call upon whenever you want to use its powers. I wanted to ask you, Nir, how do you define creativity? Creativity for me is the ability to solve any problem that analytics alone cannot provide. So you would think that I do a lot of work with the International Trumpet Players Association or whatnot, but I don't. I do more work with the Mortgage Brokers Association and different financial groups. Why? It's because people understand in those groups, especially that the numbers don't show everything, right? The numbers cannot possibly show you everything that you need. Behind the numbers are really interesting things like empathy and an understanding of the marketplace and all of these creative attributes that are not readily available to you if you only look at things from an analytical perspective. So for me, creativity is about solving problems in a way that we cannot possibly solve using analytics alone. Don't you think that takes a little bit of courage? Like if you're putting some of your emotional stuff into it, you're kind of putting yourself out there, right? Totally. So I, I believe that 
we could have easily, easily have landed a woman on Mars by now. I feel we could have cured cancer. I feel that we could have cleaned up the air in major cities. I've been on some, uh, you know, amazing committees that people are presenting ideas that are, are really out there, but they're still likely. Uh, the problem is that a lot of people don't have the courage to take that leap of faith on a creative idea and go and do it. And that's a really big problem, you guys. It's not just a entrepreneurial problem or a business problem. It's a society problem. It's a worldwide issue of humanity getting to the next level. It's, it's a problem. So the woman who's working at SpaceX or NASA, you know, she went to four years of college and, you know, two years of graduate school, two years of PhD school. She's graduated with a ton of debt, right? She's getting a dream job. She's got a family to feed and a mortgage. Is she going to take a risk on a creative idea or is she just going to say, you know what? Oh, that's too wild. That's too out there. I'm just going to work on this standard propulsion model instead of that eight mile long wing that's going to catch sun and like propel it because that's a crazy idea. Would I do that or would I take the normal and the true sort of path of what most people take, which is, yeah, okay, you know, I'm not going to cause any waves. I'm not going to cause any disruption. And unfortunately, most people take that path, but we need people to take the path of creativity if we are to get to the next level. If somebody wants to approach things in a more creative way, what do you recommend? The first thing I would recommend is to do what I am not doing right now, which is to listen. Uh, we're on a podcast, we're on the radio together, and it's fantastic, and I'm talking a lot. But <laughs> when I'm out consulting, I've worked with some amazing companies from you know, JetBlue to the NFL Network from, uh, you know, Ace Hardware. Uh, I do more, far more listening than I do talking. And I'm embarrassed to admit, and maybe uh, people in the business community should admit this a little more, but I learned this the hard way because I used to go to meetings. I swear to you guys, I used to go to meetings and I used to wait for people to talk so that I could talk. And I was on my phone half the time, right? Uh, I ran a ad agency with a quarter billion dollars in billing. And I literally did not listen to my executive counsel. I had hundreds of employees and I, and I thought that I knew everything. And what I ended up doing was losing the creative ability to listen and have empathy and like really have the courage to say, you know what, time out on my idea. Let's see what other people are bringing to the table and really develop those ideas. When you're able to develop those ideas, creativity happens. Your listeners today, it, you know, we're all in Zoom meetings. We're all in back-to-back go-to and, and teams and all that stuff. Your listeners today can become more creative just by being a little bit more quiet. I agree. So there is someone on this show who I consider an absolute creative genius, and that is <laughs> Kenya Gibson. Uh-huh. Kenya came up with the concept for this show. She came up with the format. She has had people stealing her ideas for years. (laughs) (laughs) That's why she's on an intellectual property show, by the way. (laughs) She she called me up. She's like, Elizabeth, I need a trademark now. (laughs) So Kenya, I'd love to hear your two cents. Yeah. So Nir, I saw that you were a film writer and you actually wrote, you had three movies that, that have come out. Would you say some of your tactics that you teach people in terms of like, use of uh, being creative comes from some of your film experience and writing in that space? Yes, absolutely. I've developed a formula of how to become creative that anybody can use. And yes, I started in the creative field, but then I left uh, Hollywood to run a furniture refinishing company. And I was able to use the same principles that I used in Hollywood at the furniture refinishing company. And I thought to myself, you know what? Something is going on here, right? I'm on to something different. So I looked in the marketplace and there was literally nothing out there that dealt with the how of creativity. Everything was the why oh, why should we be creative and all this stuff? And why is important, but at the end of the day, why don't pay the bills, right? It's the how, it's putting one foot in front of the other and getting to work. And so I wrote a book uh, called The Creator Mindset, which is really about the how of creativity. It's not a get rich quick thing. It's literally a cherry picked manual of all of these different things that I've learned throughout my 20, 30 plus year career of, you know, here's the best from this industry. Here's the best from, I I ran a call center at one point. There's another tool. And I've encompassed it in such a way that it allows anybody, no matter what they're doing, to become more creative. 
I've purchased the book and I just got started on it. I didn't get a chance to get too far into it. I'm very excited about reading it, but maybe you can tell us a few nuggets that are in the book that might encourage people to take a further look. I talk in the book about little victories. So we talked about listening, which is really important, but I feel that entrepreneurs and businesses need to understand the value of the little victory. There was an ice cream salesman many years ago who wanted to sell a bunch of ice cream machines and his structure was analytical, which is what 99% of businesses do. If I want to sell more stuff and I'm analytical, I go to volume right away, right? I'm like, volume, get more leads, get, you know, work the phone. And so that worked for a while, but like every analytical only business, it'll fail at some point or flatline. And so he flatlined and wasn't selling many machines. So he had a creative idea one day when he saw that there was a restaurant that kept ordering the machine. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go out there and see what's going on. He got there, a line around the block, an hour long, he waited. And he got to the front and he had the best cheeseburger that he's had in his entire life. Wow. Right? And the guy's name was Ray Kroc. And oh, that restaurant okay. was McDonald's. So if you're able to piece those little nuggets together, those little victories, it might take you on a path that's different. Listen, business school will tell you, hey, here's your one year, here's your three year, here's your five year, that's your business plan, stay in your pipeline, right? But creativity will tell you, well, sometimes that pipeline might change a little bit to the left or change a little bit to the right. Then what are those sort of breadcrumbs that are occurring along the way that might take you to where you need to go in the first place? That's what I encourage listeners to do. I, I think it's something that people can do today. Start to look at those little victories and say, you know what? If my one year, my three year, my five year really on track to capitalize on what I'm good at. That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. So the name of the book is The Creator Mindset by Nir Bashan, B-A-S-H-A-N. You mentioned that you're an entrepreneur. What's that been like over the years? You know, it's a great question. And I really don't think that we in the business community talk about our failures enough because I've had so many of them. And I've had, you know, companies go out of business. I've had employees lose their jobs that were relying on me, relying on me to pay their rent and pay their mortgage and, and get ahead in life. And, you know, I've disappointed so many people by mm. getting it wrong so many times that I think it's good to talk about our failures and to talk about what we've learned from them. I think they could be some of the most amazing creative things that can happen to us. For instance, a, a forest has to burn every once in a while for the soil to become enriched so that new things can grow on it. And a career in a business is no different. Yet we spend so much of our time trying to avoid these failures, right? We spend so much of our time going, oh, you know, my entrepreneurial journey was amazing. I have capitalized, you know, this amount of money and blah, 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 and look at me. But that's not the truth. The truth is, is that, you know, it's an up and down sort of battle. And hopefully, you know, hopefully when you look at the ups and the downs, there's some kind of path that grows. Near this, I mean, this has been absolutely fantastic, but we have to take a break. We hope you'll stick around and help us with the rest of the show. After we come back, we'll be talking with Andrea Pass about rising above the noise and getting yourself noticed. Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be back right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gerhardt Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And joining us for our executive spotlight this evening is Andrea Pass, who gets people on TV. So she's the founder of Andrea Pass Public Relations, 
and created public relations campaigns for just about every product category you can imagine. And she uses a public relations model to secure coverage for clients in media outlets from NBC to ABC to MSNBC and Passage to Profit. So welcome, Andrea. I also want to point out that Andrea, as part of her participation in the show, made a charitable donation to the Fisher Center of Alzheimer's Research Foundation. So thank you very much for that, and welcome to Passage to Profit. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us about the PR world. What's going on there these days? It's fascinating because so many people misunderstand public relations because you have public relations, you have advertising, you have marketing, but public relations grows a brand by securing earned media, meaning not pay for play advertising. In advertising, you pay for something and it increases eyeballs. But in public relations, you are building trust, growing trust with different audiences to actually build your reputation build that awareness, grow yourself or your business and thought leadership, and ultimately drive sales. So public relations is interesting because as human beings, we are consuming about 11 hours a day of content from TV to podcasts to reading articles online to reading a hard copy magazine. And so why shouldn't every business find a way to be in that media content and to be able to use that media content over and over again to keep themselves relevant in our crowded world. Well, I think they should be. <laughs> and I know we've wondered in the past, until we got more familiar with the media world, how do these people get on these TV shows? Well, they find somebody like you. And it's a process, though, to get on NBC, right? Or ABC. Exactly. With everything, it's a process. Nothing happens overnight. Someone sent me an email the other day. Someone wanted to hire me for one day to get them top tier television, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. And I said, anyone who is going to take your money is lying to you. No one's getting you that in one day. It's a process of pitching, knowing how to pitch the media, knowing how to follow up and knowing how to form a story. And the same way as Nir was discussing the creativity and what is actually creative and new and innovative, the same holds true in public relations, that I work with my clients to come up with the right angle that's going to work. And not everything is going to be for the Today Show. There are many TV stations around the country, local stations, regional stations, online video content stations that might work better for you and your product and your audience because we're all buyers at different parts of our lives. But public relations helps drive that buy, drive that sale. I was just going to say, you know, I have have had the opportunity to be on the Today Show um, before with some fitness stuff that I've done with a, a few brands. Um, it's a very nerve wracking experience. Um, and I, I was not had no previous TV experience in the past. So I would say to you. What are some tips or some advice you would give to somebody who's new to the PR space, who's never been on TV before, so they would feel comfortable and confident and, and make a good impression? The most important element when you're conducting a public relations campaign and when you find that right public relations professional to work with you, because when you have an outside PR person, that makes your business look even larger. So even if you're a solopreneur, having an outside PR firm is going to help you. But you have to get your messaging down. You can't go into an interview without knowing what you want to say and understanding what are the points of the targeted audience. So in today's targeted audience of entrepreneurs, we need to then talk to the entrepreneur. We're not talking to the billion dollar, 4,000 employee business right now. And I think you need to know the audience. So before you do an interview, whether it's on national television or a podcast or a blog or a newspaper, is understand what is the point you want to get across. And it can't be sales. It has to be editorial content because these sites and these media outlets are all about editorial content, not about you going on and saying, I want to sell my widget or my piece of cookware. You want to go on and say, this is the reason I've done this is to bring this, that, and the other thing to an audience. So in your case, when you were talking about fitness, you were offering fitness tips. I also say practice. Practice makes perfect. It's hokey, but it's the truth. And when you're doing an interview and you've been placed by a public relations person, take some time to practice, whether you're recording yourself on your phone or you're talking to yourself in the mirror and make eye contact with yourself. It's an awkward, awkward thing to do. 
but it will make you more comfortable and you'll get the message out. And don't oversell. Say your point and then let someone ask the next question. So those are some tips for when you're doing interviews, whether it's on TV or any other person who might interview you. So Andrew, what, what's the media landscape like now in some of the uh, bigger publishers, the inks and the fast companies? How are you guys placing articles and editorial there? We're in a very weird world right now with the pandemic. And most of these media outlets have gone to freelance writers. So a lot of the staff has been eliminated. No one is in a building, so it's not as simple to reach them. I'm a telephone person, and I love picking up the phone and pitching a story. And the clients of Andrea Past Public Relations know that, and I miss that. So now it's, it's a pitch, and it's an email pitch. So there are opportunities to reach freelancers at those types of media outlets that you were mentioning, Nir, and also opening up and recognizing there are many other media outlets to be had. So just because you think that that story belongs in ink, it can also be in your statewide business magazine or newspaper, and you can get more of an audience there. It can also be in a national trade magazine that's reaching targeted audiences. So my job is to help navigate that field and make those recommendations to my clients and pitch and place, pitch and place, pitch and place. If an entrepreneur can't afford a PR agent, what are some of the things that they can do themselves to help up their game a bit? Well, first off, know your messaging. What's the message and what's the story? It can't be that I want to sell myself as a business coach. I was talking to someone earlier today who actually gives tips for introverts. So come up with those tips for introverts, because there are a lot of people who are introverts. So know your story first, then determine where you'd like to talk to someone. And for now, skip the Ellen's and the Wall Street journals of the world and find something local or in your space, your category, and Get in touch with someone at that media outlet with your thought for an interview or a story. Andrea, it's been fascinating talking with you, and we'll be right back after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Where we have a passion for ideas and entrepreneurs. And And a podcast that comes out tomorrow if you missed the first part. Yes, what about that podcast? (laughs) Well, it'll be on iHeart on their podcasting platform and on our YouTube channel too. So if you missed any of this... You really do want to hear it because creativity, public relations, and stay tuned for the rest of it because we've got two really great presenters coming up. I can hardly wait. And I can hardly wait for the Power Move segment coming up with our own Kenya Gibson from iHeartRadio. Kenya, what's on the table tonight? Yes. So on Power Move, we're going to be talking about Jessica Dupart. So Jessica is the CEO and inventor of Kaleidoscope Hair. And if I had to describe her, I would say she is the modern day Madam CJ Walker. Um, She came out with these miracle drops for hair growth and has created this whole line of hair products for celebrities. So every celebrity that you can think about is using her hair products. She's been on The Breakfast Club. She's been on a lot of different publications and doing a lot of great things. And recently, one of the greatest things she's done is she's donated some money towards a program in New Orleans that helps young girls ages 12 to 17 have access to Wi-Fi. 
So, you know, she's really creating opportunities to kind of close the gap on that digital divide and making sure that young folks have access to the resources that they need so that they can continue their education and really be connected in a day when if you don't have the internet, I, I can't imagine what that's like. So yeah. just wanted to highlight her today. Well, that's really great. And I'm so glad that you brought up the uh, internet piece because it's almost becoming a basic human right now. If you're not really connected in some way, I think it's hard to be part of the world you're living in. So I'm glad to see that people are trying to make sure that everybody who wants to be connected can be. So and what's her name again? Her name is Jessica Dupart. And yep. where can we learn more about Jessica? Yeah, so you can go to kaleidoscopehair.com. She also has a very large social media following. She's also on Instagram and her name is Jessica and her last name is D-U-P-A-R-T. So she is our power move for today. Well, thank you so much. And on to Fireside. So for those of you who haven't listened before, Fireside Directory is an online video directory of small businesses. It's a YouTube channel and a website. I'm building it. I started it at the end of last year, just before COVID, pivoted to do my videos by Zoom instead of in a studio as I had been doing them. And Kenya has done a video with me and so has Andrea. And Andrea, yours is going to post soon. And I'm spreading them out a little bit. I kind of quit posting during the political season because, you know all the noise. Anyway, I have some fabulous people on there. I mean, you just heard Andrea, you can hear a lot more on Fireside about Andrea. So how am I going to get this out to the general public? I'm still building, but I'm just starting my campaign to draw people in to try to choose a professional. I want this to be the Wikipedia of small business online on video. So I tried to dip into that creativity piece of me near. (laughs) Um, And I have two cats and my one cat will wear hats. She likes, she purrs. And I was talking to a marketing guy and he was like, well, cats who wear hats. And I was like, yeah, there you go. So I started an Instagram channel. So if anybody wants to help me, follow me on Instagram, cats who wear hats. Also, if you're interested in seeing how much our cat loves her daddy, Richard, <laughs> you can really I see can't behind, believe you brought that up you can really all see, these people. Really see behind the scenes of our life at home with our cats. We did an interview with Checkers, the copyright cat. <laughs> And she interviewed Elizabeth, or Elizabeth interviewed her. I interviewed Checkers. And Elizabeth got fired because she didn't like the way that... No, Checkers did not like the question I asked her. So she got very mad at me. (laughs) So She she has a voice. It's a pretty funny video. So it's on my Instagram channel, or it's Checkers Gearheart is the Instagram channel owner, but it's Cats Who Wear Hats. And the reason I started this was because we had a young man on the show a few months ago, Nathan, the cat lady who built a whole huge Instagram following just with pictures of himself with cats. And I thought if he could do it, I could try it. And then I could use it to promote Fireside. So So there's your creativity for you. You know, know. it never ceases to amaze me how if you've got like a new cancer treatment and you put it out on Instagram, you get seven likes. But if you show a cat (laughs) or a dog, it's completely different. You get hundreds of likes, right? So... If that's the way it is, you got to go. Andrea, we need you here. I got to tell you, I just think that Checkers and these other cats can become media celebrities even further than Instagram. And I I say, you know, (laughs) years ago, quick story, years ago, there was actually a squirrel that would do water skiing. And this water skiing squirrel, they had this backyard above ground pool and the squirrel would go around in circles on this little water skiing thing. It got covered by every press outlet under the sun. The the owner of the squirrel made out like a bandit. (laughs) Well, if you can get a cat to water ski, then you deserve to get rich. (laughs) So... So I am going to hold something up for the camera while I talk about our next presenter. Actually, our two presenters, what I want to say is they're in completely different industries, but I feel like they both started their companies from their heart. These are very heartfelt companies. So for Holly Daniels Christensen, the question I have to ask listeners is, Have you ever left a piece of your heart somewhere? I think I asked that earlier, like a beach in Puerto Rico. And Holly, do you want to talk about how you help people recapture that? And I will show what you sent me while you do. 
Yeah. I founded Dune Jewelry from my kitchen table because of the realization that people had such sentimental and emotional connections to specific places throughout the world. Over the years, it's more sentimental attachments to experiences and places. So I started making jewelry using sand and natural elements at my kitchen table in 2007. And I was using sand from Cape Cod, where I grew up. And I was handing it out to friends and family, kind of seeing, I I need feedback all the time, um, whether it's from friends and family or customers. So I was handing it out, gifting it. And every time I would see those people, they would be wearing the jewelry and they'd be like, oh, I just got back from Bermuda. I have this little pinch of sand. Can you make something from that? We had the best time. I want to make sure I can remember it. And it just was that moment of like, all right, number one, they really like it. Number two, maybe this can expand from just a hobby to a business. So fast forward 10 years now, I launched Dune in 2010 from my kitchen table. And we have 28 full-time employees, team members who some sit and make jewelry all day long. Um, We have a sand bank manager because now we have over 4,500 sands and natural elements from all over the world sent in, donated by our customers after they had a special experience somewhere. Yeah, I think having a tangible reminder of a precious moment is so important these days, more so even with COVID, but also because everything, you know, everything we do is here. It's all stuck in our phones. Whereas with Dune, it can be right here next to my heart. This is sand from Positano, Italy, where I went on my honeymoon. So we basically create tangible reminders of life's best experiences. Right. So you sent me, you gave me a choice of what I wanted, which was really sweet. So you sent me a wine stopper, (laughs) which I requested. Which will probably be used a lot. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And I requested Sam from Puerto Rico. So I love the Caribbean. And of course, we haven't been for a long time because of covid And it's absolutely beautiful and it's so wonderful and professionally done. And then you gave Richard something too. So do you want to talk about what you asked for? Yeah. So my daughter and I used to go to the Jersey shore. I would take a day off when she was younger and we'd drive down and just play on the beach when there weren't a lot of people there. So uh, those are very fond memories for me. So when it came time to pick a gift, I thought, well, maybe I'll get something that'll remind my daughter of the times that we spent together on the shore. And um, you got a cute little dolphin. It's adorable. It's just right for a girl her age. So these are really, really beautiful pieces, I must say. I really you. love them. I thought I saw on your website that you can use materials that people send to you. Is that right? Yeah. So we actually can use sand. We use flower petals from weddings, funerals. Yes. The question will come up. Do we use ashes? I will absolutely use ashes. We've used crushed granite from the Rocky Mountains, golf course, trap sand. No one wants to eat, right? Yeah. Someone sent in sand from Pebble Beach, which is a very well-known golf course. I'm not a golfer, um, but the affinity and love that I have for the beach, many people have for golf. So it all kind of makes sense. It all ties together. It does tie together. And speaking of intellectual property, early on, my mentor was very big into teaching me about intellectual property, how important it is. So we do have some design patents and we also have two utility patents and multiple trademarks. But one of the most recent trademarks that we just obtained is experiential jewelry, because every single piece of jewelry that goes out of our studio captures an experience for someone. And it may be an experience that they've already had or an experience that they're manifesting. Like I always wear pieces made with sand from the Greek islands because someday I will get there and this Ah, is just helping me manifest that trip. Wow. What a great idea and what a neat way to approach jewelry, tying beautiful pieces to memorable experiences. That's a really great comment. Kenya, did you have a comment? I was just wondering, have you ever, and it's probably really tricky, but have you ever thought of doing anything with water? Because I'm very connected to the water. Like I love the sand, but There's just something about water that does it for me. So is there anything you've ever thought about doing with water? 
You know, we brainstorm about it all the time. And with our current process, we haven't come up with a way to do that, but it's always on my mind. Uh, people have sent us salt from the Dead Sea, which I assume was water that evaporated and they were left with the salt, but hopefully someday. Yeah, just wanted to know what the creative process is like for you, Holly. How do you get it through to staff and how do you maintain that vision on a day-to-day basis? Such an interesting question because I tend to struggle with that. I mean, I I was an artist when I started and over the years that creativity gets beat out of you a little bit because you're learning how to read a PL and you're learning about your cost of goods and how to do a proper cost analysis and figure out your labor costs. And especially because everything we do is handmade, custom made, made to order. We don't stock anything. So hard to scale that. Yeah. And that was one of the things when I first started, I bootstrapped this whole thing by working in real estate for the first three years because people were like, ah, it's a cute idea, but you're not going to be able to scale it. And I was, I mean, I'm a high school dropout. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, I will. I'll scale it. And now understanding that there's some truth in that. We were a multi-million dollar business. We bring in well over $3 million a year. But as that revenue goes up, the profitability goes down. And then I'm like, oh, that's what they meant about scaling it, right? I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) it's only taken me 10 years to really get it. But listen, I learn on the fly and my creativity comes in waves. I find when I play with my little girls who are seven and eight, I tend to really get a lot of ideas from them because they've got that childlike wonder and that, that fun that has not been taken away from them. That sounds a little dramatic, but you know, it hasn't been beat out of them uh, just as sometimes it does for adults. So also I do dream ideas a lot. I mean, I come up with ideas every single day. And like you said, Nir, an idea is only as good as it is if you execute it, right? And I tell my team that all the time because we're just a huge group of artistic people, but it's interesting. I tend to keep a journal by my bed, write down those half awake, half asleep type of ideas. I jump up and I'll write it down quickly because they go away by the morning. And that does help me stay in touch with my creativity. That's great. We could talk about this forever, but it's dunejewelry.com. We will be right back. You are listening to Passage to Profit, the inventor show on WOR 710, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs most valuable? valuable assets? They're passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, Nir Bashan, and our executive spotlight, Andrea Pass. And we just heard from Holly Daniels Christensen, but now... Can I call you Saint Chad? Chad (laughs) Blecker is just really helping people a lot with what he's doing. And he's doing it in a really effective way. So I'm not going to say any more. I'm just going to let him explain. Hi, Chad. Hi, everybody. So, um, yeah, I opened up a company to help not only seniors, but to also help people with special needs. One thing that's very, very um, serendipitous on this show specifically is the passion. I'm driven by passion. Just to go back a little bit, just a little background about me. Um, When my mother was 43 years old, she was deemed terminally ill and um, she was given three to six months to live. But it's a story of hope because she lived for seven years and we were on borrowed time. But it ended up being a situation where my family was the recipient of hospice and of home care and all that stuff. And it shifted my entire family's trajectory and path. My father opened up a home care company. We functioned for the last 20 years with my dad's home care company. We all ended up getting involved at some level. At the end of my career with Seniors in Place, um, I'd been there for 14 years. 
as a case manager, making a very big difference in our seniors' lives, helping them champion the things that me and my family dealt with personally. But what you guys don't know is in the beginning of my career, I functioned as a project manager for construction. Um, I owned a architectural millwork company and I did fabulous construction work. So what I did was I put both my careers together and now I'm helping people in probably the most meaningful way I can possibly do that. I opened up right next to my family's company. We did this together so they know I'm right there in the same footprint. And what I'm doing is I'm assessing people's homes based on their conditions, you know, on the conditions they're dealing with, and I'm helping them find solutions for mobility and accessibility. In other words, I can help people get into their house, and then I help them with the flow in their house if they have challenges with, um, with stairs or with um, the bathroom, tubs. I can remodel everything so it looks gorgeous and it doesn't look like a modified house and yet it's totally functional and they're able to live there in a very sustainable way, you know, on their own terms. So that's kind of what I do, but I'm driven by that same passion as every other entrepreneur on this show. That's great. I've never really heard of an expert in this kind of field before. So what have been some of your most challenging situations as a professional? As challenges go, the most difficult part is the family relationships. It's not even so much what I do. It's helping families mitigate what they're dealing with and find those solutions. A lot of times, you know, you walk into the room of a, of a home and there's the kids and their adult parent and they're having an argument. You can hear it. And I walk into the room and I actually ask the same questions that the kids were asking and that parents answer me very differently. But the kids are like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Why didn't you just answer me like that? The reason is because that when you put a professional in a room, it changes things. So really, I think my biggest challenge is right now, it's twofold. It would be helping families and helping them get out of their own way a little bit and also just getting the word out there. So people do know, to your point, that I exist and that I'm there to help. There's a void in, in this industry. The void is where when people get discharged from hospitals and rehabs and so forth, they're told that they need certain things and then they may be given a brochure or two, but there's a disconnect right there. You know? And so I can install all the specialty equipment, but then we have all the other need options but really, I think it's just the conversations, helping people navigate the waters. Well, and getting an architect in there is a huge, big difference because you could say build a ramp to your front door. Okay. But an architect knows how to build a whole house like and knows all the stuff to make it look, like you said, beautiful and normal. So how do you market yourself then? It would seem like there's a tremendous need for this kind of service. There is. And you know what? This is a great venue to actually talk about it because talking about the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, I used to do a lot of high touch marketing where I would go into facilities, subacute rehabs, hospitals, and I would work with all of their professionals or discharge planners or social workers and so forth. And we'd be able to create and chart out, you know, a plan so we could create some sustainability for folks. But right now, things have changed a lot. So we can't just go into a facility because you, if you walk to a facility and walk in the front door, it's very uncomfortable for everyone because everyone has strict COVID protocols, especially with our high-risk folks. So now, yes, we've pivoted and I've changed my entire trajectory. I'm doing a lot more with social media. I'm doing a lot more presentations like this. Zoom has become one of my best friends. So it really is kind of you know, shift and stay relevant and stay in front of people. So your website is njhomemods.com. Are you looking to expand outside of New Jersey? I am. And I do work in Pennsylvania. I do work in, in New Jersey, a little bit in Manhattan or in New York, rather. Andrea, I bet you're bursting at the seams with ideas for Chad. No, it's fascinating. And it's something I'm dealing with right now. My parents are aging in place. Mom is 82. Dad's turning 88 in a month. And they've had their health issues and we've had to have bars put in for this or that, but they don't want to leave their home. And I think everything that Chad is doing in the marketplace that is growing and the fact that you listen and come up with a solution. But I think obviously a lot of times the seniors may not tell the whole story and the family would tell the whole story. So I think that that's fascinating. And I think with so many more seniors wanting to age in place, they don't want to go to assisted living. They want to be able to see their families. I see what you doing as being an important element in this category and certainly hope that you are out there talking to the press about what you're doing because of the fact that we don't want to have our seniors move to an environment that may not prove to be safe. Many are, but there are those opportunities. So you know, my question for you is, is how are you expanding 
that reach and how are you meeting with people when someone doesn't want someone to come inside their home right now? And, and a lot of seniors don't do Zoom. So what have you done to be able to increase your business in these non-face-to-face meeting times? That's a great question. And what happens is you're 100% right. Everyone needs to feel safe and needs to know that we're protecting them. A lot of times we bring the family in. And what's neat is we can Zoom, we can FaceTime, and they can walk me through their home and their specific spots. So we can have we can do a lot of the pre-assessment type of work over the phone, understanding what the conditions are, and then actually looking at different trouble spots in the house. You know, and then we can at least give them a trajectory. And then when, if, when we do the work, if, it's, if that's still a concern, if they're super high risk, sometimes they'll leave the house or, you know, and we, do, we use all the PPE and everything. Um, so we're all masked up and we're gloved the whole nine yards while we're actually doing our, our work. But we segment ourselves and we plastic ourselves in so that they feel much more comfortable that way. You had mentioned the business development side of things. Definitely getting in front of people right now, exactly with the PR and everything, like what you're doing and talking about, getting in front of the press. That's a big initiative right now. That's what I'm doing right this minute. What is the most common type of change that you make to a house? Is it a ramp? Is it a bigger bathroom door? Is it a step-in tub? What do people need the most? You know what? There's a couple of problem areas. And honestly, stairs is a big one. How we bridge that gap. You know, a lot of times it is a stair lift or sometimes people are still very ambulatory, but they're struggling with that like last bit of the range of motion. And we can get away with putting a second handrail in. The tubs are a big one. I'm always swapping tubs for the, you know, zero threshold or low threshold pans. Those are a couple that are very easy. Ramps are a big one getting into the house as well. So those are my big top three. This is Chad Blecker, njhomemods.com. And that's really short for NJ Home Modifications. But he's not just in New Jersey. And since he's doing everything on Zoom now, reach out. I'm sure you're happy to help anybody that needs help. Absolutely. You are listening to Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show on WOR 710. With Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, we'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Fantastic show this evening. Really learned a lot and enjoyed our discussions with our guests. Before we go, we'd like to ask our guests for any final words. Nir, do you have any thoughts for our audience? You know, really, it's it's all about uh, looking within for creativity, not about spending any money or anything like that, and just sort of learning how to reawaken your own internal creativity. Andrea, do you have any final words for our audience? When it comes to public relations, go out and Google yourself and then Google your competitor. And if your competitor is securing press and you're not, you need public relations. So reach out to me, Andrea Pass Public Relations, andreapasspr.com. Great. I'm just going to run through everybody's websites one more time. So we had Nir Bashan, N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N. He's a creativity expert. It's nirbashan.com. Andrea Pass for PR. Andrea Pass, spelled just like it sounds, andreapasspr.com. Then we had Kenya did her power move, and you can reach her at Kenya Gibson with a P at iheartmedia.com if you have any questions about publicity on radio or anything with her. Then we had Holly Daniels Christensen with dunejewelry.com, just like it sounds, D-U-N-E jewelry.com. And Chad Blecker with njhomemods.com. Wonderful show, everybody. Thank you very much. And we'd also like to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, who contributes to the show so many ways. Thank you, Noah. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also follow us on our YouTube channel. So this is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt from Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. <laughs>